Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. In collaboration with Pacify Health, this month's episodes will focus on the doulas. You'll hear conversations with four Pacify doulas getting a chance to reflect on the other side of birth. Today, we meet Zarina Ledwich. Zarina, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is Zarina. I'm a certified doula. Um, I live in the DMV area. And uh, my passion is just really birth work. I really love birth work. It's my thing. Um, And I'm very excited to be here today as well. We are very thrilled to have you. Let's start with how you got here. Um, Mm -hmm. How has your doula journey unfolded? Yeah. So when I was in college, I had to do a report on maternal mortality rates in the D.C. area. And I noticed that one of the things that could help alleviate those rates was doula work. I also noticed that uh, Black women are disproportionately um, affected by maternal, maternal mortality. And, you know, it made me very upset. And so when I learned that doula work was part of, you know, trying to uh, dissipate that, I really tried. I, I, I heard about it, but I wasn't like, I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, but then after I graduated, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. Then I encountered Mama Tota Village. I'm not sure if y'all have heard of them, but they're a very popular um, perinatal holistic care uh, nonprofit organization in D.C. Um, And I got trained through them. I did a a perinatal community health worker training through them, and I really fell in love with the work. Um, I had my first two births through there, and I got hooked. And that's how I am here today as a doula. Uh, let's talk about your first birth. Do you remember your mm-hmm. first birth that you actually attended? Yes, I do. I do. Um, so she was a first time mom and she, um, her birth actually went pretty well. I, it was a shadowing. So I did shadowing, you know, before COVID we could actually <laughs> go to births. So so I was the, I got there first actually, um, and it was like one of the local hospitals in DC, and I I remember she was like really grow, going through it, and I was really nervous because it was my first one, um, but I remember the people who trained me saying, well, it'll come to you, like what you should do could would come to you, and it worked. Yeah, like it it really did come to me. Like I switched position and she felt a little bit better. I did some counter pressure and she felt a little bit better. She ended up getting an epidural and we just ended up like, you know, really having a nice connection. And we were just like talking, me and the other doula who I was shadowing. Um, And I remember that's the first time I saw somebody with leg labor, like that sciatic pain, like leg labor. Um, She was feeling contractions in her leg and I had never heard of that before. (laughs) So that was also very interesting and I also remember there was like a point where there was like nothing else we could basically do, you know, that transition point. And we just kind of had to like ground her. Um, I remember doing that for the first time and that was very nice. And I remember also 
having to advocate for her because for some reason the residents wanted the lights to be on all the time, but she wanted to go to sleep. Um, so we had to kind of advocate for her like, Hey, she just wants to go to sleep and it'll just be better if the lights were off. I remember that as well. And she had a beautiful baby boy, I believe. I'm sorry. That was a little while ago. I've been to a lot of births, but I'm pretty sure she had a beautiful baby boy. (laughs) And, um, and she, she was a great, she was a great client. It was a great first birth to, to be at. We talk a lot of, to about when, when our um, storytellers who are sharing about their births, we, they mm-hmm. share a lot about how, you know, like we say, your body will know what to do. Um, like trusting your body, trusting your instincts, trusting mm-hmm. your baby, right? Um, and it was nice to hear you talk about on the other side as doulas, like especially that first birth, being reminded that we also will know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always know, but like we have trusting ourselves to trust our instincts on how to support someone else. So I love that yeah. you, you brought that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was really nervous, but everything turned out great. So <laughs> I'm very happy that um, she had, that was my first, that was my first birth. And I also really appreciated being sh- shadowing somebody else. Cause she let me like do a lot of things and she was like also quizzing me on what was happening She's like, oh, yeah, what does this mean? And what does that mean? Like, as she progressed throughout her labor, and that was so helpful. I know most people don't get that. Um, So I I feel very fortunate and blessed to have somebody who had been to, like, way more births than I um, had ever been to, to be there for me. Well, I was was, um, kind of like the lead on that birth, but she was there to support me. And Serena, have you attended any virtual births? Yes, I have. Yes, during COVID, I attended many a virtual birth. And how was that first one? I'm trying to remember the first one. The first one, she was a first-time mom, too. Um, She was supposed to be at our local birth center, but she got transferred. So that was like a toughie. So we had to kind of like figure out what that would look like for us, because I don't think we really talked about actually doing virtual support. Um, but I will say she was great with being very responsive. Like every time I called her pretty much like either her or her partner would answer. Um, and when I video chatted her, it was great. Like I suggested position changes such that that was very helpful for her. Um, I do, there were certain things that happened during that birth that I wish I would have been there to like advocate for her because I wasn't, you know, on the video chat, like 24 seven, um, so like that was difficult. Like she, like one time, like I checked. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna check up on you. I did a video chat with her, and she's like, Yeah, I got an epidural. I was like, Damn, I wish we would have talked about it first, you know, <laughs> um, to figure out why you feel like you need it and all these and maybe some other comfort measures because she was so adamant about having an unmedicated birth. Um, but um, yeah, so and there was just like other little things. She said she said that overall she didn't really feel very um listened to I tried to talk to the staff and stuff but there's only like you know so much I could do and she was in labor <laughs> as well so there wasn't like you know that that like line of like the advocacy part of it was kind of almost lost in my opinion because I wasn't there um which kind of makes me upset um and she's not mad about it at all she knows that I wasn't there um, so we did debrief about it after her birth. Um, but 
but yeah, that, that does make me upset. There's just certain things that you just can't do. You can do suggest position changes all you want, but sometimes, you know, sometimes things don't always work out that way you want them to. That is one layer of the virtual support that can be tricky in finding that balance of mm-hmm. um, it, it is much easier to read the room, to settle back in when you are a physical presence there. Mm-hmm. Um, but being on, on video, there is so there's that loss of physical space that you take up. Right. Like, oh, yeah. if, if you're on like the computer, it's kind of easier for those in the room to ignore that. Are you not being able to get those um, those quick check ins done? So that is just a, a balance as as we do access um, care in this way that we do have to find um, because there is so much about having your body be a presence in that space um, that there is that sometimes allows for. Um, picking up on nonverbal cues or being able to read the room a little bit better um, when you can see the whole space and be in the whole space. Yeah. And there's just certain things that she couldn't tell me to, I guess, maybe because she forgot or because there was just a lot of things going on. So I would have been able to tell her how she could advocate for herself. Um, and I was like, damn, I wish she would have told me that <laughs> while you were in labor when we were doing the debrief. And, you know, labor is such a emotional and delicate time and there's a lot of discomfort going on and that's not what she wanted. So I feel like she kind of was a little, I want to say closed off, but there's certain things that she just kind of let go because she just wanted it to be over with um, at that point by the time she got transferred to the hospital. What are some gems that you've learned from your clients? Oh, I've learned so much from my clients. Um, a huge thing, you know, when you first start out, um, being a dual, you feel like you have to do like everything. You have to remember everything. You have to do all the things. Sometimes you're just being there is just fine. <laughs> I've had clients who, um, who don't, you know, don't want to in, in the moment, they just don't want to be touched. They want to really focus and they just need me to say some words of affirmation for them. Or some people just want me to just like sit there and just be there with them because they don't have anybody else who could be there with them, that's fine for them too, you know? So I really feel like that's a huge lesson. Like my presence is enough. Um, It's a huge lesson that I've learned from a lot of my clients. Some clients do need me to like be all up in their face and hug them and give them all that other stuff. But um, a lot of them don't need that. I'm trying to think of other lessons. I've learned so much. I've also learned, I've kind of like altered the way that I'll say birth plan. I don't really say birth plan anymore. <laughs> um, I say birth wishes. I found that when people hear plan, they think it's like this thing that has to happen. Um, and I find that people kind of really attach themselves to that. And if it doesn't happen that exact way, then it's, it kind of, it messes with them a little bit. Um, So I do tend to say birth wishes. And I also have learned to really remind people that, you know, 
that they need to release like and surrender to the process instead of worrying about this thing needs to happen this way. I had a client who was like, yeah, I need like everything. She didn't want to get an injection. She ended up having an injection. And so she, she, she doesn't have that. She's like, okay, I want to pitch just three times. And I was like, girl, that's not how it works. You might push three times. You might push one time. You might have to push over the span of half an hour. And that might be like 10 pushes and that's okay. You have to let go of those things or else your, your labor is not going to, you know, progress if you're so worried about pushing at a for a certain amount of time or having your labor last a certain amount of time, you know? So that's another huge thing that I've learned from my clients. And Serena, do you recall a birth or even a prenatal experience that has transformed your practice? I had a client who got an epidural right at, towards, towards in transition I was like, fine, it's okay. She had an induction, she's tired, whatever. But then the baby was right there. <laughs> by, the time she got, by the time she got the epidural, the baby was right there. And I knew that was a possibility, but now I'm way more observant on, about it. Um, and I actually like talk to, now I talk to my clients very intentionally, like, no, do you feel comfortable getting another cervical exam? Will that make you like kind of push through? Or do you want to... And to me, it kind of looks like you're really in transition. And, you know, we talked about transition and how it's a time where people really feel like they need all the drugs forever just to get through that little last point. So actually, honestly, I had two clients. So I learned that lesson two times. Um, but one of them was virtual. So that's that was the difference. Um, by the time I figured out she had an epidural, she's like, oh, I had an epidural. I'm like, well, I wish she would have told me. Um, but... But yeah, but that's like, I was like, oh no, I really have to sit down, especially with my clients who want natural births. I have to sit down with them, like really talk to them. I did that at um, one of the last births I went to and it worked. (laughs) She actually did end up having a natural birth so that she wanted. Um, So yeah, that was, that's like a huge thing that I've learned, even though I was taught it, it was kind of hard to do in practice. You know, transition is kind of like, woo, like a lot of things are going on. It's a very busy and heavy time. So I have to kind of like push through all of the things that are going on and kind of like focus a little bit. So that's a huge thing that I've learned. So how does Pacify fit into your doula journey? So I, 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 I have this thing about me that I want to have as help as many black women, black folks as possible or folks who really need it as possible. Um, so I always try to find new ways to serve the, the black community all the time. Um, and I feel like having access to doulas virtually is very, very, very important. Um, I feel like a lot of, when I talk to people, people are like, oh, I didn't know I could have a virtual doula, or I didn't know that the doulas are so expensive. Like, I didn't know that there's other ways to fund it. So I feel like even though I might not be doing like the labor support necessarily too, too much, um, it's mostly like people prenatally calling me. Um, I feel like giving that them that information on how they could access in person and do the support is like so priceless. So people know that, hey, there's like all these different ways that I could get a doula. You know, there's a doula for everybody. I always tell everybody that. 
So, and then for people who just don't, who don't really want the physical support, um, in person and who just have like, you know, like questions about common discomforts, you know, I have had some, some clients, um, through the pacify network tell me, well, my doctor didn't really give me a lot of information. They just said, Oh, being pregnant, not being pregnant anymore is a way to solve this discomfort. And it's like, well, there's like other things you could do. Talk, still talk to your doctor about these other things <laughs> that you could do. Um, but that is not the solution. You know, the doctors are on the go. They feel like they have kind of like a shorter amount of time with them. Um, so, so yeah, I do feel like this is a way for me to further bridge the gap between having access to quality holistic care. I think you, you were spot on on saying like for some people who may not want the in-person support, um, that doula support can still be really valuable, especially yeah. in that prenatal period or even mm-hmm. and in that postpartum period. I think there is this, for the most part, much of doula understanding doula is like, oh, they'll be there at the birth. But there is a lot of work that goes into supporting someone before that. And there are some yeah. doulas who are there just for birth support, like through different programs, but that there is a lot of value in getting um, some help navigating all your different choices, navigating what's happening to your body prenatally, especially when um, your care providers may not be able to give you that extension of time that you might need or when you are up late at night on Google and looking at things that may not be all the way correct, that you have a, a source to help you kind of navigate all of that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that. I definitely see that a lot in the people who do call me through Pacify, um, people don't even, like, again, they don't know their choices, like you said. Um, so they don't know what they don't know. Um, so I really appreciate having, being part of this resource and helping people create their birth wishes and helping people navigate their common discomforts or whatever might have you or just somebody to talk to. You know, that's also really nice too. <laughs> Education is really underrated when it comes to birth sometimes if you don't work in birth work. We know the value of it. Um, But what would happen if I wasn't there at your birth for whatever reason? I could be sick. I could be stuck in traffic. There's so many different things. And to key your whole birth based on saying, oh, my doula is going to be there. But what did your doula prepare you for? And that's that's just like, I'm going to prepare you like I'm not even there. Okay. And hopefully I will be there. Like I, I haven't missed birth, but like that's, it's a real thing. It's something that every doula is like afraid of it happening. I missed the phone call or I do this. Or they text yeah, instead definitely. of calling and I didn't get up. Oh, um, don't, don't get me started on the texting instead of calling. I cannot tell you how many times I had like, oh, it was in the middle of the night. I didn't want to bother you. I'm like, what? I've told you several times. I know this is what I do. Please call me. Call us, please. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many times this happened to me. And then I missed a whole birth because they're like, oh yeah, the baby's there. I didn't want to bother you. I'm like, girl. (laughs) Call us, please. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's a big tidbit of advice out there for all our listeners. Call your doulas in the middle of the night. Call your doula, please. Yes. yes. Is there is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners, whether it be resources, additional advice, or anything mm-hmm. else from some of the births that you've attended that you thought might be helpful? 
Yeah, um, definitely get childbirth education. Definitely get childbirth education. Get a doula. Um, there's a lot of resources out there for you to use. There's virtual childbirth education. There's ones through your hospital. There's all types of things. You can hire people through, um, you know, there's birth worker Facebook groups, like for all across the country. You can go in there and ask if somebody will be your doula if you need extra childbirth education. Um, get anticipatory guidance for feeding your baby. Um, lactation consultants are not just for if you breastfeed. They can help you formulate feed too, if that's what you so desire. Um, and yeah, I just want to repeat, get a doula. I think that's so important. Just, just get one. You know, there's a doula for everybody. That's what I want everybody to know. Doula for everybody. Get a doula. Um, it's it's really really priceless, and a lot of people, all of my all of my clients have really appreciated what we have done for them um, as doulas. So, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we are very appreciative of you joining us. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.